Welcome to The Portable Pastor, a podcast of relevant biblical teaching, linking ancient truth with today's challenges. Each week, Pastor Mike will share God's Word to help you and remind you that God is pro-you. So download the outline from fbcclover.life and get ready to hear today's teaching. Here's Pastor Mike. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you for joining in again today. I may sound a little bit different. I have kind of a cold this weekend. And so if you would, please just uh, bear with me here. I might be drinking a sip of water in this uh, in this sermon, and, and I might be coughing a little bit, but just hang with me. We're going to get through this. I do need to give you this information. We have been looking at the end times. That's right. We've been studying eschatology, and we've been looking at uh, different things. Three weeks ago, we learned that Jesus will return to rapture the church. We also learned that the timing of that event is is imminent. Now, the exact date's not known, but there's nothing else on the prophetic uh, list of events that has to happen before the rapture um, takes place. I've challenged you to examine and believe in a pre-tribulation rapture. That means that Jesus will come and rapture his church from the earth uh, before the tribulation begins. And I, and I hope you're settled on that. Two weeks ago, we learned about the tribulation. We looked at the seals, the, the trumpets, the bold judgments of God. That Those are all listed in the book of Revelation. And, and we learned that horrible, horrible times are ahead for those who are not raptured with the church. Now, last week, we looked at the second coming of Christ, and I compared that event to the birth of Christ and to the rapture of the church, and I hope you left convinced that, that these are three very distinct, separate events. So, so far in this study, I've, I've recommended for, for you to live in gratitude, to be thankful. Be thankful that God will keep you. If, if you are in Christ, he will keep you from that hour of trial that is coming on the whole earth. We should be thankful that we're going to miss this horrific set of events in the tribulation. We should also be thankful that we'll be looking down on the battlefield instead of looking up at the coming army of Christ. And I warned you to avoid pride. Avoid pride. When looking at the opposite side, we must have this mindset but by the grace of God, there go I. We could be fighting with them against him if he had not saved us. So we should be thankful. I also challenged you in this series to breathe easy. Breathe easy in the knowledge of your part of the end time saga. You're, you're not responsible for figuring out the timing of the rapture. There's no need to unravel all of the passages about the tribulation because you, as as part of his church, will not be there to experience it. Now, that doesn't mean that we don't study. Of course we study, and of course we learn, because we have to warn people to uh, be ready if they do not know him. And and we're not going to have to go through some sort of spiritual boot camp to, to get ready to fight. We're not going to fight. Christ is going to do that himself. So knowing those things we really embrace the full meaning of Hebrews 4.3. For we who have believed enter that rest. Well, today I want us to understand as much as possible the coming millennial kingdom. Now, to be honest, and I'm always honest with you, what is the point for the millennial kingdom? I used to ask that. What What is the point? Well, why even have it? I mean, Jesus is 
is back. His enemies are dead. The beast and the false prophet are in the lake of fire. Satan's defeated. He's in chains. Just throw him in jail, God. Just throw him in jail. Create a new heaven and a new earth and, and be done with all this. Well, understand that I, I'm afforded the, the option to have that opinion because I never promised anyone that certain events would come about thousands of years after their their life had ended but god made those promises those are those are covenants promises that he made with creation with with man even with jesus himself that that have to come about they must be fulfilled so today i want to begin by examining a a brief description of the future the thousand year kingdom that jesus will set up on the earth so if you would uh, look in your Bibles at Revelation chapter 20. We'll begin with verse 4. I saw thrones on which were seated those who had been given authority to judge. And I saw the souls of those who'd been beheaded because of their testimony about Jesus and because of the word of God. They had not worshipped the beast or its image and had not received its mark on their foreheads or their hands. They came to life, and they reigned with Christ a thousand years. The rest of the dead did not come to life until the thousand years were ended. But this is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy are those who share in the first resurrection. The second death has no power over them, but they will be priests of God and of Christ and will reign with him for a thousand years. In Revelation that is about the entirety of the description of this thousand-year reign of Christ. But let's unpack that just a bit. There's some things that we need to learn from this. Who are these throned people who have been given authority to judge? Well, if we turn back a few pages to 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 11 through 12, the first part of 12, gives us a hint of who these people are. Verse 11 says, The saying is trustworthy. For if we have died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. The people on the thrones in this passage, I believe they're the church. We're going to reign with him. At first, at first reading, just to be honest again, I wasn't sure what that meant, but I do know that I've always had this um, want to reign. Now, don't don't think that... And, you know, I'm, I'm a narcissist and my ego's getting the best of me because I, I really do not have uh, giant aspirations. In fact, the only thing that I've ever really wanted to reign over, and I still do, I want to reign over a local Walmart. <laughs> I just do. I just want to reign over a local Walmart because my rules will be simple. Every lane is open and no one enters wearing pajamas. That's it. That's it. So this is probably too simplistic of a view of reigning. Uh, so let's go a little bit deeper. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 2, uh, the author gives us a more, a more definitive view of what we'll be doing. Verse 2, Or do you not know that the saints will judge the world? And if the world is judged, is to be judged by you, are you incompetent to, trial, uh, to try trivial cases? I think it's very clear. We're going to be judges. We're going to settle disputes and agreements. Our jobs will be unlike, uh, you know, how judges settle matters now. 
that, you know, there, there's, there's going to be a lot more pleasant days then. So the job should be a whole lot easier than it is now. But I think that that's what we're going to be doing. And not only the Old Testament saints and the church age saints, but the tribulation saints will reign as well. And those tribulation saints will be raised at the first resurrection right before the kingdom is set up. And they will be, according to verse 6, they will be priests. The rest of the dead, mentioned in verse 5, are are the unbelievers. They will be resurrected at the second resurrection. That's when they come back to life for the great white throne judgment. We'll discuss that uh, next week. But this passage is in Revelation 20 concludes, I mean, if you take it literally, then the Old Testament and the New Testament saints will be judges and the tribulation saints will be priests. And we will serve throughout the millennial kingdom those who walked into the kingdom from the great tribulation. Now, this passage gives us some, some good answers, but, but it's not enough to satisfy my original why question. Why is this happening? For that answer, we need to look at, at the promises, the covenants that he made that have yet to come true. And I often listen to a, a theologian on YouTube named Alan Parr. I think he's just, he presents things very well. And he lists five sets of covenants that God made that you, that, that we have to see come true. Otherwise, God would be a liar and we're not going to worship a liar. So the first of the covenants that God made is with Israel. God made a land promise with Israel. Listen to Genesis 15, 18 through 21. On that day, the Lord made a covenant with Abram saying, to your offspring, I will give you this land. From the river of Egypt to the great river, the river Euphrates, the land of the Kenites, the the Kenizzites, the Kadamites, the Hittites, the Perizzites, the Raphaim, the Amorites, the Canaanites, and the Girgashites, and the Jebusites. That's a lot of ites. If you were to chart the area that, that he's talking about giving them, you, you, you will find that, the, that Israel, at best, is only ever occupied one-thirtieth of its promised land. So when is that promise going to come true? If it's going to come true in, in just the days of, of man, you understand that Iraq has to give up some of their land. They're not going to do that. Some of the other countries around Israel has to give up their land. They are not wanting to do that. So when will that promise come true? Well, the only time is when Christ comes and sets up his spiritual, his, his, uh, his millennial kingdom. But God also made a spiritual promise to Israel. Listen to Jeremiah 31, verse 34. Um, and no longer shall each one teach his neighbor and each his brother saying, Know the Lord. For they shall all know me, from the least of them to the greatest, declares the Lord. For I will forgive their iniquity, and I will remember their sin no more. When when has there ever been a time when people did not need to to learn about God? Can you imagine any time in, in, in earth's existence when every single person knew as much about God as they needed to know and didn't need to be taught anything? I can't remember, the t- I can't even imagine that being the case. People will always need to hear about God. So at some point, this has to be a worldwide uh, push so that people will know God. 
the only time that can happen is in the millennial kingdom. So neither of these two promises have have come true yet. It's going to, they're going to come true in the millennial kingdom. Now there's also a need for the millennial kingdom so that so that he can keep his promises that he made to the church. So those were po- promises to Israel, but he also made promises to the church. Look again at 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 12. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we deny him, he will also deny us. Now, as far as I know, I've not reigned over anything. And what about Revelation 2.26? Uh, the one who conquers and who keeps my works until the end, to him I will give authority over the nations. As far as I know, I have never ruled over a nation. Thank goodness for those nations. The, the, the church is promised to reign over the nations of Christ. But he also made promises to the nations that will, that will happen in, in the millennial kingdom. So he made promises to Israel. He made promises to the church. Now he's made a promise to the nations. Listen to Isaiah 2.4. He shall judge between the nations and shall decide disputes for many peoples. And they shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up sword against nation and neither shall they learn war anymore. When was the last time you heard of 100% peace between every nation on earth? I don't know if there's ever been a time like that. There's never been a time when people uh, were not distrustful of, of their, you know, their neighboring nations. I've never heard of that, but he promises to the nations. He says there's not going to be a need for instruments of war. You're going to beat all of those things into plow hooks. In other words, you're just going to use all your, your metal, all your armor into, into things that you can use to grow your food. He promised that to the nations of the world. And what, what about uh, Isaiah eleven nine? They shall not hurt or destroy in all my holy mountain, for the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. There's people all over the world who have never heard God. So this has to be a promise in the future for the nations. Another set of promises are the ones he made to creation. Consider Romans 8.18. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. Have you ever stopped and asked yourself, why, why is the earth, why is creation so violent, so turbulent? Why, why does it always seems like it's mad at something? Well, I, I contend, according to these passages, that it, it is waiting for the promise of a, a great reversal of the curse. Now, I don't want to put too many human traits on creation. I don't want to personify it that way, but 
Creation is waiting for the the reversal of the curse. And what was the curse? Remember the curse on Adam? Cursed is the ground because of you. Creation was cursed. You know, we didn't used to have sweet gumballs. I can't stand those things. We didn't used to have thorns and thickets, maybe. We didn't have weeds in the garden. We didn't have hurricanes and tornadoes and and all this violent, turbulent activity. But, But we do. And God promises that that will be reversed. Now back to Isaiah eleven six. It says, the wolf shall dwell with the lamb. The leopard shall lie down with the young goat and the calf and the lion and the fatted calf together. And the little child shall lead them. That's wild. Verse seven, the cow and the bear shall graze. Their young shall lie down together. And the lion shall eat straw like the ox. And the nursing child shall play over the hole of the cobra, and the weaned child shall put his hand in the adder's den. You know, there, if you ever go to the zoo, you will notice that there are separate pens. There's a reason why all those animals are in separate pens. They would absolutely kill one another, either out of starvation or out of anger or, or just plain old fun. They're going to kill one another. And God promises to fix this in the millennial kingdom. And I can't see anything other than an act of God fixing our weather and fixing animal, uh, you know, natural animal tendencies. I just can't see that happening. But finally, now this is, this is the last promise. God, God made a promise to Jesus. And it must be fulfilled in the millennial kingdom. There's no other time that it can be fulfilled. Consider a passage that we, we normally read at Christmas time. Luke 1 32, 31 and 32. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, and he will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And his kingdom, of his kingdom, there will be no end. Jesus Jesus is is going to reign. He's going to reign over the house of David. He's he's going to sit on David's throne. Now, that didn't happen when he came the first time, did it? It's a promise that has to be fulfilled in the future. He is going to sit on David's throne. Now, gotquestions.org lists all of these promises this way. At the second coming, these covenants will be fulfilled as Israel is regathered from the nations, converted and restored to the land under the rule of the Messiah, Jesus Christ. The Bible speaks of the conditions during the millennium as a perfect environment, physically and spiritually. It it will be a time of peace, joy, and comfort. The Bible also tells us that only believers will enter the millennial kingdom. Because of this, it will be a time of obedience, of holiness, of truth, and the knowledge of God. And Christ will rule as king. As king, nobles and governors will also rule. And Jerusalem will be the political center of the world. 
Now, in the Portable Pastor newsletter, you can find a link to the full article, including the the passages on which they, they base these promises. But can't you just see it? Can't you just see it? The beauty, the, the peace, the closeness of God. It's going to be evident for a thousand years. And animals will be all around us without harming us. And we will have meaningful jobs. And we will live good, full, peaceful lives just the way he intended in the beginning. I guess in some ways it will be a return to the Garden of Eden. Except with you know, a, a much more dense population. And and. You know, it will be more more satisfying, more pleasant without the devil around. So the the first application of today's teaching, exactly the first application point of week one. Be thankful. Be thankful that you get to experience this kingdom. Be thankful that he called you into salvation. He saved you by grace through faith. Be thankful. Will Arnett, a, a Canadian-American actor, he, he's a, a voice actor mainly. He's a, a comedian. He was the voice of the Batman in the Lego movies. And he once said, I am happy because I'm grateful. I choose to be grateful, and that gratitude allows me to be happy. I see a lot of unhappy people these days, even in the church. There are times in my life when I'm unhappy too. Do you know what's the best fix for an unhappy lifestyle? It's not more things or better things or more opportunities, more money. The best fix for someone who has an unhappy life is gratitude. Thankfulness. Thankfulness. That sets up our ability to be thankful, I mean, to be happy. This is why we sing this song, Count Your Blessings. It's an old hymn. Listen to the lyrics. When upon life's billows you are tempted and tossed, when you are discouraged thinking all is lost, count your many blessings, name them one by one, and it will surprise you what the Lord has done. Are you ever burdened with a load of care? Does the cross seem heavy you were called to bear? Count your many blessings, every doubt will fly, and you'll be singing as the days go by. When you look at others with their lands and gold, think that Christ has promised you his wealth untold. Count your many blessings, money cannot buy your reward in heaven, nor your home on high. So amid the conflict, whether great or small, do not be scourged, do not be discouraged. God is over all. Count your many blessings, angels will attend. Help and comfort give you to your journey's end. So count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your blessings, see what God has done. Count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your many blessings, see what God has done. God has given us so many good things in our lives. He's he's promised us such a great future. We should be thankful. It it just sets us up for a happier life. The second application is the same as the second application this whole series. Breathe easy. Rest in the assurance of his promises. He who has been faithful to you will always be faithful to you. These promises will come about. Do you you understand what 
What I mean by God is faithful? In the Bible, God's faithfulness means that he's reliable, trustworthy, true to his word, and dependable. (coughs) Excuse me. When we read Deuteronomy 7, 9, our hearts should leap in joy. Know therefore that the Lord your God is God, the faithful God, who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generations. It is true. When when we look at these present events, we we don't always understand his ways. We don't. We, We don't see things the same way as him. We can't. However, most of the time when we look back, we can see clearly guided events that have been used for our betterment. And and that points to the faithfulness of God. He will always be faithful. So breathe easy. Breathe easy. I I know it looks bad now. It's rough out there. It it might get better for a little while, but we know that all things are going to get worse the closer we get to the end. And then it's going to get really, really good. I I am so looking forward to future events. The millennial kingdom sounds awesome to me. And I hope this has encouraged you about the future as well. Well, that's today's teaching. Thanks for, for listening. I hope that was an encouragement to you. I hope that is an encouragement to someone who's seeking the truth of God, that, that you can rely on him. You, you can absolutely have a relationship with him. If you would just confess to him that you've done things, he already knows it. Just admit that you've done things They're not pleasing to him. You've sinned in your life. The Bible says we've all sinned. You can't deny that. But then commit your life to him. Ask for his forgiveness and ask for his leading of your life and you'll do what he says. I mean, submit to the lordship of Jesus and then live out for the glory of his name. And if you'll pray that and ask him to come into your life to be lord of your life and forgive your sin, he will. He will. And then great things will be in store for you for the future. I challenge you to do that today. Well, that's all I have for you. I hope that was encouragement to you. I hope you have a great day, a great week. We'll look again next week at what happens after the end of that thousand-year reign. But until then, uh, be blessed and remember that God is pro-you. Thanks for listening to the Portable Pastor Podcast. Pastor Mike serves as pastor at the First Baptist Church in Clover, South Carolina. FBC Clover is a church that focuses on loving God, loving people, and making disciples. For more information about our church and our ministries, or to make an online donation, go to fbcclover.com or email us at fbcclover at gmail.com. Until next time, be blessed. And remember, God is pro-you.